Greetings and welcome to another edition of the Thinking Spatially podcast series. The Thinking Spatially podcast series, where we think spatially across space, across time, and across scales, from local to global scales. Greetings. Joseph Kursky here, geographer, GIS professional, and educator. Happy that you're with me today on this new episode of the Thinking Spatially podcast. Today's topic the French geodesic mission, the French geodesic mission, one degree of latitude. Geography means, quote, description of the earth, end quote. And every one of those descriptions hinges on knowing the shape and size of the earth. Perhaps no other single measurement is as important to geography as the true shape and size of the earth. What was the true size of the earth? Eratosthenes and Posidonius calculated the size by measuring shadows and stars and through mathematics. And see Eratosthenes and Posidonius chapters in my book, Interpreting Our World, for more information. These measurements, coupled with voyages of Magellan, Cook, and others, meant by the 1700s the size of the earth was generally well known. But what was the true shape of the earth? Eratosthenes, Posidonius, and others believed it was a sphere. But by the time Isaac Newton published Principia Mathematica in 1687, it was generally accepted that the Earth was not a perfect sphere, but something like a sphere. Debates ensued. Newton predicted a flattening of the Earth near its poles due to centrifugal forces acting on the Earth, as an oblate spheroid, O-B-L-A-T-E, oblate spheroid, and held that the same would be true for all the other planets as well as stars. Others followed the theories of René Descartes, who, along with the Paris Academy of Sciences, believed that the Earth was a prolate spheroid that bulged at the poles as a big bit of an egg shape, rather than bulging at the equator. What was needed was a measurement of one degree of latitude near the poles and one on or near the equator for comparison purposes. Measurements in Europe to this point had been inconclusive, and furthermore, they were not spaced far enough apart. Thus, the French government dispatched two expeditions, one to the north and one to the south. The northern expedition traveled with de Maupertuis to Lapland, and the southern expedition traveled to Ecuador under Charles-Marie de la Condamine and Pierre Bouguer, B-O-U-G-U-E-R. At the time, Ecuador was a part of the Spanish Viceroyalty of Peru. A team of 12 academics were accompanied by a surgeon, a watchmaker, and guardian of the group's scientific instruments, an assistant who helped construct maps and monuments to the expedition, a botanist, and a few relatives of the expedition's leaders. For the French, the expedition signified more than science. Jean Le Ronde de Alembert remarked that it was an Question of national honor, not to let the earth have a foreign shape, <laughs> a figure imagined by an Englishman or a Dutchman, end quote. The reason the expedition traveled to Ecuador instead of to Africa or eastern South America or some other location on the equator was because of political geography. A French monarch, Philip V, had recently ascended to the Spanish throne. 
and now the French Academy could experiment in a region that had previously been off-limits to anyone other than Spaniards for centuries. In addition, the king believed that sponsoring scientific missions would, augmented, would augment the prestige of the new Spanish monarchy and way of doing things. The presence of the Spanish officers represented an important step toward a Spanish scientific presence on the world stage. Thus, two Spanish military officers accompanied the expedition to make sure the French were behaving. The political implications went even further. The nation that understood the shape of the earth could more accurately deploy its navy and control the oceans and expand their empire. The team spent the first nine years from 1735 to 1744 simply getting to the study site and preparing their mission, crossing the Atlantic Ocean and the Caribbean Sea, landing on the Caribbean coast in Colombia, sailing to Panama, where upon they traveled overland to the Pacific, continuing by ship to Ecuador. Once in Ecuador, they split into two groups, traveling overland through rainforests, arriving in Quito in June 1736. There, they, thought they sought the assistance of local people to establish observatories from Quito to Cuenca to carry out their, inst their measurements. Problems in observation and with funding caused years of delay, but the world was watching, at least in 18th century terms. Two major European powers were cooperating, Spain and France, and the mission was highly publicized. The expedition's leader, Godin, squandered the team's money on a diamond for his mistress. Beaujure, who took over the leadership, was at first reluctant, but became so well known for his adherence to accuracy that his name is now applied to a type of map of the Earth showing surface gravitational attraction. Actually, it, when I was at the U.S. Geological Survey, we made Beaujure or Beaujure gravity maps there in the thematic mapping unit. Despite these money problems, weather extremes, the relief of the land, and the need to establish markers on high points, the team succeeded. Their survey was used into the early 20th century. Now, these high points included rock outcrops, tree canopies, and other places very difficult to set foot on. Equipment included quadrants and map-making equipment. The quadrant that they used was a cast-iron instrument with telescopes, which, though heavy and cumbersome, when used properly, looking through the telescope 1.6 miles away, one could distinguish between two points that were only 15 centimeters apart. That's pretty incredible when you think about it. It took much time to constantly set up the wooden poles and, and other items, calibrate and make measurements, and to take it all down, travel to the next line of sight point, and do it all over again. At one point, the scientists realized that all the measurements they'd done for the previous two years had to be thrown out due to an inaccurate or incorrect method of star sighting. They figured out a correction, however, and spent another seven months recalibrating their equipment. The natives often were unfriendly and suspicious about their activities, rightly so, particularly a team from France, a longtime enemy of Spain. Yet the tenacity of the surveying team was unparalleled. Once the team had measured a distance, they took star sightings to establish exact latitude at the northernmost point and southernmost point, and then divided by the length. That yield the, yielded the exact distance of one degree of latitude at the equator. Over the distance of one degree of latitude, which is about 111 kilometers, the measurements were accurate to within 46 meters. Three degrees of arc of the Earth, Earth's curvature on the equator from the plains near Quito to the southern city of Cuenca were measured. This was compared to the measurements in Lapland and in France to determine the shape of the Earth. 
Beyond settling the shape of the Earth question, it also eventually led to the establishment of the International Metric System of Measurement. Unfortunately for D. Alembert, Newton's theory was correct. The Earth is an oblate spheroid. Later, at the beginning of the 1900s, the French Academy of Sciences sent another mission to Ecuador at the behest of the International Association of Geodesy to confirm the results of the first geodesic mission and commemorate the relationships between the two republics. Because of the expedition, the shape of the Earth was now known. Knowledge of physical and cultural geography improved. Measurement and geography was shown to be critically important, as was keen observation. Geodesy improved and eventually led to the computation of local datums and to, eventually, the global positioning system. Navigation improved as a result of more accurate maps. The expedition also showed explorers such as Cook and others the possibility of international cooperation in conducting long-range science, and the interest in the region also captivated Darwin a century later. The mission made other discoveries. The, t the scientists witnessed two eruptions of the Cotopaxi volcano in 17. 43 and 1744. Expedition members witnessed the tapping of rubber trees, identified the correct types of cinchona tree that produced the active form of quinine, an anti-malarial agent, and put into practice what became the metric system from units of measure. The team recorded other observations on flora, fauna, landforms, climate, and more, paving the way for naturalist expeditions by von Humboldt and other scientists. Godin became a professor in Lima, helping to rebuild the city following the 1746 earthquakes. La Condamine and Ecuadorian geographer and topographer Pedro Maldonado journeyed down the Amazon. Maldonado later traveled to Europe to continue his scientific work, which marked the beginning of a true Europe-South American scientific collaboration. The accounts of the expedition opened the eyes of many in Europe to South America. Europeans received a view of the continent that was not simply an appendage of the Spanish Empire. Rather, it was rich and diverse in terms of its people, flora, fauna, climate, and landforms. The mission also impacted the local political geography. Its fame influenced the adoption of the name Republic of Ecuador when the Quito Viceroyalty gained independence in 1830. More importantly, it proved to be a catalyst that led to South America throwing off the bounds of the empire that it was under, eventually becoming a set of independent nations. Simon Bolivar specifically referred to the geodesic mission as one of his inspirations in his drive to liberate South American nations. The French geodesic mission, or geodetic mission it could also be called, had an enduring influence on geography through its detailing of the physical and cultural geography of South America, but particularly through mapping and geodesy. And I highly recommend the book The Mapmaker's Wife, A True Tale of Love, Murder, and Survival in the Amazon from Delta Publishing by Robert Whitaker from 2004. This book details the French mission and also a harrowing journey across the Andes from the spouse of one of the French surveyors. Thanks for being with me. Joseph Kursky here. Today's episode was the French geodesic mission, one degree of latitude. Take care.